Hey, Brad, you do, ready to do another episode of Backlash Podcast? Absolutely, Jeff. Let's get her going. All right. Well, here we are, back another episode. It's, uh, I don't know, episode 130-something. This is where I need Carrie. She knew uh, what the episode numbers were all the time because <laughs> she does the artwork. But anyways, we're here. Uh, we're going to talk to Mike Keys, Keys Outdoors, kind of another impromptu episode. Brad and I have been mostly terrible at planning anything right now. So, yeah, I, I think that th- that'll change here pretty quick. I need to, I need to pull it together, but it's been, they're just wrapping up a very busy October. It's November 1st, if anybody cares. And I, I can see now, Brad, that things are starting to, you know, the weather's starting to turn and things are starting to turn into a normal November. So I don't know if that's good or bad, but that just means that we have a little bit more time. So Hopefully in the near future things are a little more, a little more planned out. Not so much like, hey, we need a guest in like an hour and a half. <laughs> who, yeah. who can we talk to? Well, we've pulled it together uh, a bunch of different times and on many weak occasions, I guess. But you know, uh, you're right, Jeff. We do need to do a little bit more planning, and and we have some out there. We we've got some people in the hot seat. It's a matter of getting them off the water. So. Yep. You know, we should have an interesting winter with a bunch of cool new guests. It should continue to, to revolve and be exciting. Well, I'm not sure how much this is public news, but I got a text message from Dick Pearson, and he said that once the winter's over or once the hunting season's over, he's he's interested in doing another episode with us. So that's always awesome. He's one of my favorite guests to talk to because it's, it's awesome to have him. I mean, I, I like talking to all of our guests, but... He's been out there for so long and has so much knowledge. It feels like he, and he, it's funny because in his text, he's like, I don't even know if I have anything else left to talk about. And I'm thinking to myself, like, I think we barely scratched the surface with Dick. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. You know, I mean, for the most part, Jeff, we could probably just take a snooze. Um, It's hard to snooze when you're listening to Dick Pearson, but for the most part, he takes over the show and it's pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. Definitely a legend. There's, there's a handful of them in the sport, and he's he's absolutely one of them. And so it'd be great to get him back on. But um, you know, speaking of fishing, Brad, what's your story? You've been you've been on the water much or not? I have not over the last week. I will be getting back out here in the next couple of days. But I kind of wrapped up my guide season, so I've been able to kind of start getting some stuff put together around the shop and. I fortunately, unfortunately, I don't know how you look at this starting to plan a little bit for the show season as well. And, um, and some of our spring orders are already bombarding us. So I've had my hands full, but, uh, it sounds like the fish are going out there. If you guys are out trolling here in Minnesota, I know, and I've heard about a bunch of fish over in Wisconsin as well. So the bite has been decent the way it sounds. I need to get my boat out there and actually catch a couple more fish before it's over. Yeah. It's funny that you bring up shows. I mean, obviously last week I talked to Mike for that brief little period there, but my wife and I were talking about it the other day. We're thinking, man, we really got to decide on what we're going to bring to shows and how much of this we need and how much of that we need. And it just, it's a very cruel reality of how much work and prep goes into going to these shows. I haven't, you almost forgot about it last year when you haven't been on the, you know, when you weren't on the road and it's just, uh, it's it's going to be fun when we're there, but it's a it's a grind getting everything together. Yeah, absolutely. I kind of planned, we've kind of outgrown our trailer, and my trailer's got a ton of miles on it over the years. And so I actually ordered a trailer, Jeff, in June, 
and it's still not here. It was supposed to be here in October. I probably should make a phone call on that because uh, it's getting down there. You know, we got a couple months here, and we will be in Chicago. Yeah, I know. And I was hoping to have a new truck to <laughs> to go to Ohio or to go to Chicago with. That's never going to happen. I delayed way too long. I was say I don't need a I don't need a bigger truck. I my F one fifty can pull everything just fine. But then when I'm pulling my show trailer with how much stuff we load that thing down with and all the racking and all the stuff just felt like the trailer was too heavy, not necessarily for the engine, but for the via, you know, for the truck itself. And so I want to order an F two fifty and I, I waited obviously I knew I had to I knew I had to order, but I waited too long and yeah, I don't think I'm gonna have a I don't think I'm gonna be driving with a F one fifty to Chicago or borrow somebody's i think my um my father-in-law's got a 2500 hd i think that might have to have to work in the interim because <laughs> yeah it's uh it's a little crazy how long things take to get these days uh absolutely and that's one of the reasons why i ordered early for my trailer you know it's amazing um if you're looking for a truck right now good luck finding one on the lot you might be able to find a half ton but you go to three quarter or one ton and you're going to be searching for a little bit i, I know a few people that have been looking yeah, I think it's a 14-week wait is what they figured right now. And so maybe I'll get it by Milwaukee. But this is when I talked like two weeks ago, and then I waited even two weeks longer. And, of course, then I called um, my sales guy today, and he's gone. He's on vacation this week, so we're going to burn another week. I'm not – this isn't going well for me. At least you were – one of us two were – you know, they were smart enough to order in advance. So kudos to you for getting getting on the ball. I have something I can make do with. I just don't love it, especially if we're, I mean, you know, it is when we're pulling to shows. It's The weather's always terrible. Of course, last year, the weather was perfect. There was almost never any snow. If I paid attention to what would have been show weekends, we had one weekend in Milwaukee where it was cold. That's it. No snow, no nothing. Prior season, definitely on the road, snow every weekend. It was fantastic. It never fails, Jeff, that's for sure. Yep. That's definitely one thing I'm not looking forward to. I know right around show season, like the two weeks leading up to it, I'm looking at my weather app every day. Okay, this is good. This is good. I hope it stays like this, and then it'll change. You know, oh, I hope it changes to something that's better than this. And it's uh, yeah, it's a constant battle, but it's uh, it'll be worth it. It'll be good to get back out on the road. It'll be good to talk to customers we haven't talked to in a couple of years, and I'll call it a sense of normalcy, maybe. Yeah, that sounds good. That's a good word for it. I don't know what normal is, but this is going to be as close hectic. as it gets. <laughs> the word is hectic. Yes, it is. So it'll be fun. In the meantime, I'm hoping that November isn't ridiculously busy because I could use a little bit of down a downtime. I could use a little bit of time on the water. Hopefully the weather stays good yet and I can get out a few more times. Well, maybe maybe you should deliver 14 weeks later, kind of like Ford is doing. Uh, yeah, I don't think that's going to work out so well. My customers aren't going to be as patient as I am when it comes to that. <laughs> uh, it's <laughs> yes, pretty amazing. Your new cowgirl will arrive in January, late January. <laughs> <laughs> not going to fly. Yeah, probably not. Yeah, we're just getting them ready for the 2022 season now. I didn't know they needed it next week, you know. <laughs> right. Uh. <laughs> All right, Brad. Well, I don't know what kind of conversation we're going to have with, with uh, Mike because we never really talked to him in advance. We, you and I hardly talked about what we're even going to talk about. So let's go get Mike on the phone, and, and uh, we'll see how this conversation goes. Hopefully it's worthwhile conversation. We'll do some freestyling. That's right. We're good at that. So let's get Mike on the phone. All right. Sounds good. 
Right, our guest on this episode is Mike Keys, Keys Outdoors Television. Mike, thanks for taking time out of your schedule to come talk muskies with us. I know it's, uh, I don't want to say, it's kind of impromptu. Brad dropped the ball. He was supposed to have a list of 45 questions for you to answer, and he came up with nothing. So I guess we're just going to have to wing it the best we can. Okay. <laughs> Typical Throws Brad. Me right under the box. Typical Mike. Brad, you know. <laughs> I mean, he only shows up like one out of six weeks this summer, and the one week I need him to do something, this is what I get. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I better call Carrie back in. I would. Yeah, we're a lot more prepared. <laughs> it's um, oh. it's Monday night before a podcast is supposed to go out on Wednesday at, I don't know what time it is, 9 o'clock or, or whatever after that anyways. And uh, I know Carrie and I, we were getting these things done on like Wednesday, beef, you know, like the episode would come out on a Wednesday and we'd be filming the next one on Wednesday night. That's how prepared we were. So I'm blaming it all on you. It has to be you. <laughs> All right, Mike. So Keys Outdoors Television, uh, KOTV. First off, why don't you why don't you talk about that? Because I know a new season is about ready to kick off. Not about ready to kick off, but I mean it's kicking off soon. It'll be here before you know it. I mean, typically once we get to early part of November, it flies right through the holiday season. So why don't you talk a little bit about the new season? You know where people are going to be able to find it, and then we'll kind of talk about what to expect for this season. Sure. Well, we uh, had a good year this year. Lots of uh, nice fish, not a lot of big fish, but a lot of that, um, you know, mid-40, 40 40 to mid-40 stuff, which is awesome. We've got a lot of adventure. I think I spent 32 days in a tent this year sleeping in our pursuits. So a lot of wilderness stuff, learned some new bodies of water, traveled, uh, added a, a new state to our portfolio, um, Nebraska, which was really cool. They've got it going on out there. And uh, where you can find us is Fox, which is now Bally's. That's going to start the first week in January. And that'll be on the old Fox network, which is, again, Bally's now. And then uh, KOTV, which is a network that we started last March, this past March, and uh, it has really taken off. We've got a really good show lineup of uh, good fishing and hunting shows on it. It's free to the public. Um, just go to www.kotvchannel.com, and uh, you can watch on any device. And if you have Roku, there's a free app on the Roku search channel that you can add the KOTV network to your um, viewing pleasure, if you will. So that's it. So you started this in March, Mike, and I know it's kind of exploded. Um, is this, <laughs> I mean, what was your initial ideas and thoughts about this whole thing? I mean, you're offering your show basically on the go anywhere, anywhere in the world, really. Yeah, yeah. Actually, um, you know, Roku, it, it is anywhere. It, it's, you know, streaming is where it's, where it's going. I think we all know that. Um, the reason why we did it is... Um, quite frankly, because of uh, cancel culture that's going on right now. And we're starting to see it on YouTube where uh, we still put our shows up there and we still participate in YouTube. But the problem that we see there is YouTube now just recently went after the hunting market. And um, what they're doing is they've now um, demonetized uh, the hunting platforms 
to where they can't make any money. And so we seen this coming a year ago and I just wanted to get in front of the curve on this is to start our own network that we can't be canceled because we own it. And when we went to all of the other shows like the Linders and Gillespie and uh, Jason Mitchell, um, we've got a whole lineup of really good shows. And we told them what our, what our plans were. They gladly came aboard because again, you know, if we were to lose YouTube, a lot of us would lose what we're doing. And so we seen it and we wanted to get ahead of it. And, you know, five, five, six years ago, that technology wasn't there. And the technology that was there was so ungodly expensive. But now the technology is vast. It's like anything with competition, the price of things come down. And now it's affordable. I mean, it's not cheap by any means, but we had to put our destiny in our own hands. And we don't want to be, you know, on the end of being canceled because somebody doesn't like what we're doing. That's how we combated it. And we started KOTV and uh, it's been awesome. Well, it's amazing. You know, you can get the Roku TVs now, the little Roku box, which doesn't cost much. But tell me more about the mobile side. You know, if you got a mobile device, how does that go again? If you have, you know, you can watch it. Uh, if you have internet, whether it be via a computer, a tablet, or your phone, you can go to www.kotvchannel, all one word, dot com. And you can watch for free. And, you know, when we got into this, everybody was like, you know, the, the companies that helped develop this with us, the company, they wanted us, they thought that it was, it was really important that we go to a subscriber base. And I said, I don't want nothing to do with that. I said, I don't want to charge people for what we're doing. Our sponsors are, you know, paying for this. And we don't want to charge the end user that we're all trying to reach here with the programming. So we, we kept it to where it was a free app. And um, so it's free to anybody. If you, like I said, on any device or if you have Roku, um, you can go and do their channel search and just type in KOTV and you can add the app to the channel and you can watch it 24-7, 365. And Brad, from my understanding, Muskie Mayhem's going to be having something going on on KOTV starting this winter. Do you have more details on that right now? You know, the details I'd say right now, Jeff, uh, Mike was over here recently, right around a month ago. You know, we've done a bunch of filming this summer, and we're just trying to figure out the whole format of exactly what the show will be. It'll be Mayhem's 10,000 Casks will be the name. We're working on it diligently, and we will see what we come up with here in the next two months. That's for sure. That's all I got. I got no other details. What what's the show's going about? How many custom <laughs> colors from TRO have you caught fish on this year? That's all. That's I a like. good question. <laughs> that's a loaded question. There, there are some that were caught on on some of your customs. That's for sure. But no, honestly, I mean, I'm going to leave it a little bit uh, blatant at this point because. I'm really trying to figure out with, with the editor and Mike and I have discussed a bunch exactly what we're trying to get out of this whole thing. You know, one of the things that I, I don't want it just to be the normal TV show, if you will. So I'm trying to put a little spin on it. 
I guess, uh, you know, as you compile footage, how do you get that spin? And, and uh, so we're trying to do something a little bit unique in the fishing world, something that's not your ordinary, uh, how, what's the best way to say it, um, the ordinary fishing show, if you will. I'd like to have a little twist on that. And so we're trying to formulate what that game plan looks like, Joe. Sure. And for anybody that cares, I'm sure as soon as Brad has more details on it, I'm, I'm sure he'll be talking about it on this podcast. So you'll be up to date as soon as Brad's got more up-to-date info. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I like I said, it's uh, it's been fun. I've been compiling all the footage. And, of course, my fishing season's still kind of going here. But uh, for the most part, I'm done with guiding for the season. So I'm finally getting some time to actually start looking at some of this stuff. And I've been kind of holding up the whole parade, if you will, just because I've been on the water so much. It seems to be a common theme with you. Uh, is that a bad thing? <laughs> that you're holding up the parade? No, the, the, that I've been fishing. <laughs> no, no, no. I meant that you're holding up the parade. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty good at that the way it seems. It's all good. Um, so, Mike, how you know Brad? Brad is talking about his season. Are you about done filming? You got all your shows done, or you still got some fishing left in you? We still got some fishing. Um, I'm in the deer hunting mode right now. Um, the bucks are running, and. Uh, I've been hunting hard. I could have shot a couple small bucks, and I am filming it, filming it. And that's something that's going to be kind of unique with KOTV is because with Bally's, which was Fox, you know, I have to buy that airtime. And so we kept it always 13 weeks um, because on television, it's either 13, 26, or 52 weeks a year is the way that those programs work. But now that I have KOTV, I can do 15 shows. I can do 20 shows. I can do as many shows as I want. And so we're gonna we're looking at getting back into some of the some of the hunting as well. Is uh, now that we have that that platform that we can do it, we're definitely going to. So I've been filming my hunts. Got some cool uh, video, um, some bucks fighting and stuff like that. But I've got a real nice one that I'm hunting right now. And then uh, hopefully this week I can put an arrow in him and then uh, back to fishing because uh, the big fish are starting to fall as well. This is the, this is the time of the year where, um, you know, pick your poison. We definitely got some, some fishing. We're going to be doing some stuff, uh, chasing some white fish this fall. And um, hopefully within the next week to two weeks, we'll be doing that. We're just waiting for the water temps to get right. And then that will be the last hurrah for us for the year. Like I said, our shows are pretty much done. This would kind of be a bonus show. Um, I haven't been in a position in a long time to be able to kick a show out and replace it with, uh, with another show. And uh, this year our season went so well that we literally had our 13 weeks done a month ago. That's always a good place to be, Mike. That's for sure. You know, yeah, it, it hasn't been there in a long time. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, so it's been, it's been really good. And a lot of two part shows because of our camping. And, um, so we've, like I said, I've, I've wanted to learn a new flowage in, in Wisconsin and went over there and really fished it hard and got, caught a lot of nice fish over there and uh it's a wilderness flowage 
system that uh, is kind of off the radar from everybody. And um, we heard rumors of it and started going over there. And um, boy, I'll tell you what, I, I was pumped. It was uh, pretty exciting. Mike, why don't we talk a little bit more about your, your adventures? You know, one of the things that you've been kind of doing over the last five years or so is camping adventures where you're, you're going down a river or you're in a flowage area. And there's nobody else really doing that out there on TV that I know of, maybe in the hunting side, but the fishing side, you just don't see the exploration that, that you're actually going after. Yeah. You know, I, I've always liked doing that. You know, it's, I've, I've always been into that kind of thing. I, I love, I love, like I said, I have over 30 days in a tent and uh, I'm right at home with that. I've always been that way. I've always I've done adventure stuff like that. And I want to show people that there's things out there that need, you don't have to go to Canada to explore. There's a lot of water here in the United States that is really untapped. And I literally mean that. I mean, like, just places that you wouldn't think of. You've got to keep your ear open a little bit, and you hear rumors, and, you know, it's hit or miss. It's one of those things, and I think that's one thing is with my business and with people that are in our business, especially the TV show business, they all, you know, time is money. So they're going to go to places that they know that they can catch fish. They know that there's big fish there. It takes the pressure off where me, I don't mind getting my butt handed to me and going to a place and spending three, four, five days and going, well, I can take that off the list. That, that was a bomb or, Hey, we've got something here. And, you know, I think people can relate to that because, you know, it, it, there is no give me's on this stuff. And I just, I'm not going to continuously go to the same bodies of water and beat up the same stuff because we've had success there in the past. That's not what keys outdoors is about. Our whole thing is to, you know, venture out and explore, you know, like I said, Nebraska, we, you know, it's kind of cool how that whole thing came about. Amy posted on our social media page, where would you like to see Keys Outdoors fish next? And, you know, lo and behold, it was out east. It was this lake, that lake, out west. But one thing jumped out at me, and all it said was a guy replied, and he said, Merritt Lake Reservoir. And that was it. And for some reason, that thing just jumped out, and I was like, Merritt Lake Reservoir, that sounds like something out west. So I Googled it. And when I Googled it, um, lo and behold, a guy holding a 45 inch muskie, um, and not a tiger, uh, holding a muskie popped up. Well, that was enough to pique my curiosity. So I made some inquiries about it, you know, lo and behold, one thing led to another. I called a resort out there. I said, Hey, I'm calling about some, some muskies. Um, what do you, what can you tell me about them? And he said, yeah, they're a pain in our butt. And I said, really? I says, what do you mean? And he goes, well, I'm a walleye guy. He says, and there's a lot of muskies in there. And I was like, okay, well, word travels fast out there. Next thing you know, the next day, I got a phone call, and I noticed that the area code was 406. And I was like, well, who is this? Is this that guy again? So I called, I called back, 
And here it was the head of the whole state fishery. And his name was Daryl Bauer. And he called and said, hey, rumor is, is that you're thinking about coming out here and doing a show. Is that true? And I said, yeah, it is. And he said, I would love to hook up with you guys and meet with you and talk to you about, he goes, we have stuck so much money into this fishery out here. Um, Fisheries, they have three lakes that they've really stuck a lot of money into. And he said, nobody's fishing. And I was like, come on. And he said, no, like nobody's fishing it. And he said, we need to get exposure on here because of the money that we stuck into it. Well, we ended up on that trip. I don't want to give too much away because you got to watch it, but it was phenomenal. It was uh, early spring when we went out there. We put the herd on them, that's for sure. And it was uh, it's cool body of water because the nearest town is 25 miles away. So it is secluded. Uh, there is one resort on the lake. It's state-owned. It's the Snake River, actually, that they dammed up. And there is a resort there, but the fishing is so good out there, not just for muskies, but for walleye and catfish and bass, that the resort is book solid. It is the only resort. Other than that, they have about 15 campsites on the whole lake, which is a 3,000-acre reservoir roughly so we camped it and we spent uh nine days i believe out there seven days fishing and then two days travel and like i said it was uh it really surprised me shocked me on what a fishery they have out there and you know that they're serious about it guys when the the, their fisheries department out there put a 50 inch size limit on it right away so they, they definitely want this place to be a destination. And for me, that's one of my goals. As I get long in the tooth here, uh, in my twilight, I, I want to, um, six states away from catching a muskie in every state that has them. And that's my goal before I retire here is I want to, I want to hang that on my coat rack and say, I did that. I, I caught a muskie in every state that has them. And um, that's six or seven states away right now from that. So this was state number 15 for me, catching a fish in Nebraska. So that was uh, also very cool. The listeners are going to want to know, Mike, um, what other states do you need to go to? I need to go to Maine. I need to go to New York, believe it or not. Pennsylvania, I haven't caught one in. Colorado and Washington. That's All it. with. I mean, if you think about it, Mike, I mean, Washington, for sure. I mean, get some exposure. Colorado's had a little bit of exposure. And then Pennsylvania and New York, New York are, you know, that's that's part of the gig with muskies. That's for sure. So I'm sure that won't be that hard for you to accomplish. That's for sure. No, I don't. You know, Maine is the one that's kind of, it's weird because, again, I didn't even know that they had them there. And I'm, I'm assuming that when they say Maine, they're talking about the St. Lawrence Seaway. But the more I dig into this, I'm finding out that there are some lakes in the northern part of the state as well that have muskies in them. And so I was contacted by a young guy who actually started a Muskies Inc. chapter in Bangor, Maine, 
you know, him and I have been communicating about, you know, me getting out there, you know, and, and the thing with that is Brad, you know, as well as I do and Jeff is money, you know what I mean? Pulling a 21 foot boat all over the country is not a, it's not a cheap thing to do. So it's money is always a problem and, uh, you know, it's, but yet, you know, I want to do it. So we'll figure out how we can do it. And that's a long way. I mean, that's a 25 hour drive from here and same with Washington, but we're going to make it happen for sure. If I'm not mistaken, don't they consider muskies an invasive species in Maine? Like they're not very sought after if I remember right. You know, I don't know, Jeff, it's weird because it's like, this winter, they had a sports show in uh, the Dells that I went to. They had this big booth there from Maine, and it was like their Department of Tourism. And I went up to them, and I said, hey, I said, uh, what can you tell me about muskies in Maine? And they looked at me like I had two heads. They were like, we don't, they didn't even know what a muskie was. And this was their Department of Tourism for fishing and hunting. And so I was like kind of taken back by that a little bit going, well, maybe I'm off kilter. But then, like I said, this young guy contacted me and he started a muskies Inc. chapter in Bangor, Maine. That's in the Southern part. If you look at where Bangor is, I believe that it's in the Southern Eastern part of the state. So I don't know if they've got a chapter there and then they're fishing to the North. You know, I don't know. It's kind of a big mystery, but the more I dig into it, the more I'm realizing that there is fishable population out there. Now, whether it be, is it in the St. Lawrence Seaway or is it some lakes in the northern part? That I'm not too sure of. It kind of sounds like you need to do like a 25, 30 day trip is what you need to do, Mike, and hit Pennsylvania and then hit the New York area and then get out there to Maine and kind of make it all come through. Yeah, that that's might be true. a yeah. whole, whole different type of adventure, you know, if you really put your mind to it and just did that big giant loop out there, that'd be pretty interesting. It would be. It would be actually kind of cool. And uh, like I said, you know, I mean, I'm not getting any younger, and that is my goal is to finish that for me. That's a goal I set for myself. Yeah, I want to make it happen. I think that that would be something that I would be very proud of when I retire to look at and go, yeah, I've caught fish there. I've caught fish there. I've caught fish there. You know, I think that that would be pretty cool to tell my grandkids. They'll still say, Grampy, you're full of crap, but whatever. <laughs> I'll say, watch the video. <laughs> huh. That's awesome. Yeah, well, as long as it's filmed, they, they can't tell you that, Mike. So I think you got that That's true. That's right. That is true. Maybe you can share the formula on how you set out. I mean, if you're going to explore new waters, you mentioned a couple different bodies of water that, that you've hit this year that were brand new to you. What's the formula? What are you actually trying to do before you get to that water so that you're set up to make make it happen? You know, a lot of it is, is on the computer um, before we go do it. Like right now, we're working on a new place of uh, targeting on the Great Lakes, Cisco's. It's a whole new body for us. And... So Sean, a, a guy that I'm, Josephson, who I'm working with, he and I are back and forth with biologists. We're back and forth with local bait shops. We're 
looking at a new Great Lakes that, you know, Muskies has been in, in the Great Lakes forever, but it's a lot of, of, a lot of just research, you know, rumors. Um, you know, I, I chase a lot of rumors. I hear people talking and, you know, Hey, my uncle caught or, you know, how this whole thing came about was, and it was a place we would have never looked at if it wasn't for Sean's grandpa who said that when he would vacation there, they would catch muskies. And this was 40 years ago. So we were like, and Sean was, he called me up and he was like, He's like, dude, have you heard ever of muskies up in this body of water on the Great Lakes? And I said, no. Well, we started digging into it. And how we do that is we call bait shops. We call, we first we look to see if there's any muskie guides. Is there anybody guiding for muskies up in that water or on that water? Um, if that comes up negative, then I look for resorts on that body of water. And I call resorts and I ask them, plain out. What do you know about muskies? What can you tell me about muskies? Either they tell you they're not here or they go, yeah, you know, when I found Lake Huron and I started going up to Lake Huron, that's basically what we were doing up there is calling people and, and they would sit there and say, ah, you know, yeah, they're caught every once in a while, you know, well, if they're caught once in a while and nobody's targeting them, then chances are that if you target them, that you'll, you'll catch them. So it's a lot of R&D that way, calling bait shop, tackle, seeing if they're guides. One of the things that I've learned, and this is not a rip on biologists, but it is, a lot of the biologists out there, they have no clue. They, they have no clue. It's almost funny because most of the biologist guys, fisheries department guys, when it comes, because one, they're limited to what dollars they have. Like Michigan is terrible. Like they have no money spent on, on muskies whatsoever. And so when you try to call them to get like stocking reports or anything like that, you're better off just going to Muskies Inc. or to the local people up there than you are them. It's actually kind of funny that they you know, our taxpayers' dollars go for this stuff, and they, I probably know more about the fishery than what they do when it comes to muskies. So, and it's just, a, it's a dollar thing. They just don't have the dollars to to fund that. But you're better off just doing your legwork and uh, putting computer time in, bringing up old articles, looking at old articles, trying to put the pieces of the puzzle together, and then at that point, there's nothing left to do. Now you got to just bite the bullet and go. And you got to go um, committing five days or six days or seven days to going there. And we either are going to get our butts handed to us or, you know, we're going to have success. And that's an old saying that we've had with Keys Outdoors. You don't know if you don't go and you don't know if you don't throw. And that's the truth. You got to put the time in. That's how we do it. You know, the neat thing, Mike, is that there's a mental side to this whole thing. You know, you show up, okay, it's based on a rumor. It's based on something on a Google search or whatever it might be, you know, a biologist, like you said, but you still got to put the time in. And uh, I think that's one issue that I think most anglers deal with when they're going to a body of water that possibly doesn't have a muskie in it, you know, tackling that. And that's why I guess I asked about the formula because it still gets right down to that, 
hourly pain of just casting and trying to figure it out. It does. And that's by far the truth is, and there are going to be a lot of painful hours and a lot of painful trips, but it's the only way that you can eliminate it and take it off because, you know, you guys were cut from the same cloth. If you don't go, it's always going to be in the back of your head. What if, what if, and I would rather sit there and eliminate the what if by going and getting, getting burnt or getting skunked and know that I can take it off than me constantly living with what if in the back of my mind. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, my old saying is, is you don't catch them from the couch and the, the plain and simple, that's the real deal. I mean, if you're going to catch them, you know, they're still muskies. It it's, can be tough on the, the best musky lake, you know. It still can be tough. So, you know, the the mental side to this can be strenuous, but I think uh, the neat thing is, is like what happened to you this year with two different new bodies of water, you found some gems. You don't find those gems when you're not out there trying to. So, I don't know. Right, I, I right. You on that. Pretty incredible. It's fun, I and I like it. And, you know, and the thing is, is that I don't mind, like I said, getting it handed because, Trust me, not everyone turns out good. And there's a lot of time and a lot of money and a lot of effort involved in it. But again, I'm always that person that, you know, if I don't do it, I'm always going to what if myself. And that to me is is kind of a torturous thing um, than knowing that I went there. I spent five days over there. I fished it good. I fished the best spot because basically every lake fishes. You, you, you look at a body of water we're all good enough musky fishermen to go and go, Hey, that structure right there, that looks, there's a current area right there. Everything next down there, we can read a map. We can all pretty much figure that out and sit there and go, okay, the wind's been blowing out of the West for the last week. Look at all this stuff on the East side. We can put those pieces together. The big question is, is on these new bodies of waters, are they there? That's the big thing. I think that's what, uh, separates keys outdoors from a lot of uh, other shows that are out there is, is that again we're we're all good enough to figure out a body of water um we just got to put the time in and not be scared to go over there and try it and that's it and if you don't if you walk away and you, you're not successful at it well then i can take it off my my list and move on and find the next body of water that i want to figure out yeah, I think some of the funny parts of that whole thing too, Mike, is even, you know, if you don't have success the first time, doesn't mean that it's not a place to go to either, you know, and I, I've done that. I've followed some different leads that I've had and, and what have you, and I get there and I bomb, but why did I bomb, you know, and you really got to wonder, you know, I need to go back and I need to go do it again because one time doesn't mean that it's the true answer, but you know, you put three, five days in, I think that's a whole different world. You know, all of a sudden you start putting pieces of that puzzle together. That's for sure. Yeah. I think that's it. If you're going to commit to it, you're not going to be able to do it on, uh, you know, a day here or day there. You got to commit to it. And, um, and again, you know, because there's so many variables that come into play on all of that is weather. And that's like when we went to Nebraska, wait until you watch this episode. We got dealt the crappiest hand that you could ever get dealt. 
I mean, we had major cold front conditions. It was springtime. We had severe, severe thunderstorms that booted us off the lake three days in a row and still had that success. So I'm sitting there and going, can you imagine if the cards would have played out weather-wise, how many fish, and again, I don't want to give it away, but how many more fish we would have caught? It would have been, it was epic as it, as it is. It would have been something that I probably, probably would have uh, sat there and put it on one of my best fisheries. I mean, you know, that we went and fished again. So, yes. And if we wouldn't have committed to the seven days of fishing, we and probably just did it for a day or two. We'd probably sit there and go, ah, it's not worth it. We're not going back. So it is, it is a commitment thing. Do you have other areas that you're thinking about trying to hit this next year, Mike? I do. I do. Um, there's some stuff, like I said, we've got some rumblings of uh, a friend. Well, Sean, his grandpa, who used to vacation up in uh, it's Lake Superior. I'm going to tell you. I'm not going to tell you where, but it's Lake Superior. He talks about, you know, when he's 80-something years old. And he talks about um, catching muskies as a kid. And that's before any of the stocking was going on. So it was all natural where he was at. And so we're digging into it right now. And again, we're doing the homework. We're doing the research on it. And it's a, it's a destination that we have our, our eyes set on. And uh, we're going to go do it. And we're planning again another seven to nine days to figure it out. Um, but right now, the way that the data is coming in, it looks like there's a possibility that this could be another sleeper, that it could be all natural reproduction, like on Lake Huron. It could be something special, but it is Lake Superior. Well, I think that's what uh, a lot of your viewers are looking for, Mike, and I, I hope you're nothing but the best going up into this new bodies of water. It's super, super cool to see definitely makes some excitement for your TV show. That's for sure. You know, and the thing with that is, you know, it's a double-edged sword, you know, and, and it always is going to be a double-edged sword because then you get people, you know, that, you know, oh, you're wrecking lakes, you're doing this, you're, you know what I mean? Keys Outdoors is all about promoting musky fishing. And we've always been about that. We don't name, you know, when I say Lake Superior, go figure it out. That's a massive body of water. I'm not giving exact coordinates or anything like that. You know, it's a double-edged sword because we're always going to have the haters out there that, you know, you're wrecking bodies of water. This flowage that I fish, I'm not saying I'm the only one that fishes it. I'm sure that there's guys, I haven't seen any when I was up there multiple times this year but I'm sure that there's guys that do fish it. And I'm sure that once that airs, I'm going to not saying that we are saying where we're at, but I'm sure I'm going to get the hate mail coming in saying you're wrecking another body of water. And that is the negative thing that I hate about this is my thing is really, when you think about it, the more exposure that you give to different bodies of water, the less pressure you have on certain bodies of water. And it just kind of takes the crowd and disperses them out. And, you know, the good example of that is the bay. My God, there's so much exploring to be done there. And uh, it just it blows my mind on how 
I don't know how, what can I say? How, uh, shallow minded, I guess, if you will, people are over there, you know, they feel like they've got a fish on top of each other. So I try to stay away from that. But I also, like I said, we've uh, had a heck of a shoot on the bay where everybody else was fishing on the west side and we were far, far, far away from anybody and we lit it up. So there's a lot of water up there on the bay that uh, have a lot of muskies in it and people just got to get adventurous and they got to figure it out. I know you were trying to be careful and sensitive on your word choice there, but you know, ultimately we got to remember not to fish the fishermen and fish the fish. I mean, think like a fish, do what fish do and, and go check out different areas where, you know, there's similar types of structure and so on and so forth. You know, the fish are going to be there, especially if they're not being uh, hounded every day. So definitely something to keep your eyes open to. Yeah, for sure. You know, so Mike, you talk a lot about about your camping adventures. I don't think that's something that a lot of our listeners do. You want to talk a little bit about the must-haves that you need to take with on these trips because you've made so many of them. I'm guessing there's been some errors and you've forgotten a few things along the way. I got a funny story. Uh, you know, I uh, we do this a lot. So we are heading up to the slowage. I'm with Sean, and it's just him and I. We get up and we're loading the boat. You know, I mean, we're going to be gone for five days. So we're loading. The boat looks like a cargo liner. It's got everything that you can think of because we're going to sleep on an island and this is, we got to have everything. We're throwing everything into the boat. We forgot our tents. So we have no tents with us. And so Sean being green and young looks at me and he goes, we'll be okay. And I looked at him and I said, what? And he goes, we'll be okay. And I says, dude, I don't think you've realized how big of a deal this is. We have to go buy tents. So we literally had to drive several hours or an hour and a half away to a place that had tents so we could buy tents. We got the tents, so that kind of threw us off a whole day. We get back out there that night. The mosquitoes were so bad. He looked at me and he goes, and I videotaped it. Wait until you see the mosquitoes. It was so crazy. And Sean looked at me and I says, yeah, we would have been out here with no tents. We would have been all right. He goes, no, we would have been sleeping in the truck. He goes, I said, yes, a good tent. You know, equipment, it's like musky fishing. It's, you've got to have good gear a good sleeping bag, a good mat to lay on because you want to be comfortable in a good tent, a good tent that can withstand a lot of weather. You know, your Walmart tents aren't, aren't going to do it guys. You know, you're going to have to spend some money if you're going to do this and you're going to want to, you know, you're going to want to stay in comfort. You want to be dry. You want to be warm because if you're wet and cold, you're miserable. And I don't care how good the fishing is. It's not going to be a fun of a fun trip. So again, invest in good equipment, a good tent, good sleeping bag, good rain gear. All of our stuff is AFCO and they make some really great clothing and some really good rain gear and for the price. So spend the money and make sure that you have the good stuff and you will have the time of your life. 
it isn't only just about tents, I'm guessing, Mike, you know, and that comfort is it comes in with cooking and everything else. I mean, what it, what's it look like? You know, what's your grocery list? How, do, how are you dealing with all of that side of it, too? You know, what we're doing there is a lot of, uh, you know, we don't have a lot of meat and stuff like that. It's going to be a lot of soups that are easy to make. Um, you don't have to keep them refrigerated. Because if you're going for seven days, you're not going to have the ice. And you're going to keep it for about three days, good ice, um, if it's hot. So a lot of your soups, a good stove. I have one of those uh, jet boil stoves that uh, boils water in like two minutes. A lot of instant food, oatmeal, a lot of your, your soups and in, in instant food that you don't have to keep cool. And then lots of water. Because trips like that can go bad. Um, I know Dave Brown and I did a camping trip one time, and him and I ended up getting sick because our water got contaminated. And uh, boy, I'll tell you what, for three months, it was uh, it was not good. So you want to make sure that you keep your water clean. And again, just a lot of instant soups and good rain gear, you know, and you can have a lot of fun. Pack light because you got you know how much musky gear we're all bringing along, and with us we're bringing, you know, Brad and Jeff. You guys know you know how much camera gear you're bringing along. You're bringing a drone. You're bringing GoPros, batteries for seven days. You know, a lot of these trips that we do, I have a generator that we actually bring along so we can charge the boat. So a portable generator is uh, really for these type of trips is, is really a convenience and a good thing to have because then we can charge all of our camera batteries and our boat batteries so we can continue to fish. So a good portable generator, it's not cheap by any means, but we're in a sport that isn't cheap, you know, by any means at all. But if you want to stay in comfort, you spend the money. If you're going to do a lot of trips like that, then uh, good gear is definitely a must. I can only imagine how much stuff you need to bring. Like I, like you were talking about, just when I go out filming for a day, I got this thing loaded with a bucket full of a bunch of cameras, and this has got cameras in it, and I'm not even bringing drones and stuff usually, and that takes up plenty of room in my boat. I can only imagine trying to fit tents and food and you know all that other various other stuff in there. I can only imagine what your boat looks like till you guys find a place to set up. <laughs> it's literally, we literally have to crawl. It, it, the only space that is open is the cockpit, the the drivers, and the passenger, and the rest is gear until we get unloaded um, and get everything. And then it's a good half an hour unloading the boat and setting, you know, it's hours to set everything. So typically when we do these trips, we figure, you know, a day, that we're going to lose just getting to where we're going on an island or wherever we're going to camp and then setting up the camp, setting up uh, lean-tos. And, and so if it does rain and uh, mosquito netting and, and all of that stuff, like I said, we, we shot some on the fluids that we were in central Wisconsin. The mosquitoes were, it was unbelievable. I videotaped it and it was just, when you see how many, mosquitoes there were and if you're if you're not that type of person that you know can handle that then it's not going to be for you you know 
But again, if you have the right gear, you know, we got into our tents and I was dry and warm and comfy and, you know, and got great sleep and, you know, up and bright and early the next day and ready to rock and roll. Well, Mike, I, for one, am looking forward to seeing a new season of Keys Outdoors. I always look forward to your show. Even before we sponsored it, it was always something I looked forward to because of, like you talked about, you know, in the various times on this podcast, just the the exploration aspect of it. And it's not, I mean, every season's different. Every season's a different adventure. It's not the same 10 shows or 12 shows, you know, shown, you know, year after year after year. So I look forward to checking that out. And, you know, I want to thank everybody, you know, thank you for taking time out of the schedule to, to talk to us. I know it's getting late at night here. If uh, people are looking to, you know, check out the show again, what's the best way they can go about doing that? Best way is go to our website at keysoutdoors.com. We have everything listed there or our Facebook page. And then check out our KOTV. I think that people are going to be pleasantly surprised on the lineup of shows that we have there. And we're getting new shows in. I'm excited for Brad. Um, I think that uh, that show is going to be really good because I've seen the footage and he's going to do a good job with it. I'm glad that he's part of KOTV and, you know, and what can I say? You know, I mean, Hey, listen, a lot of this stuff is all about gear and having the right gear and the right stuff. And, uh, you know, having uh, some of the best lures and, uh, best lure patterns out there from TRO is definitely a big plus for us as well. And that's the truth. You know, we definitely have a lot of success with our sponsors and we work with some of the best out there. And it keeps with our motto, you know, you want to have a good time. You want to experience the best that you can. You got to use the best equipment out there. And it just, it all falls hand in hand. But check out KOTV, www.kotvchannel.com. It's on air right now. You can watch it anywhere from any place as long as you have uh, internet. And then we'll be on Bally's as well. And then our YouTube channel. So you know, we've got uh, a lot of options for the people out there. Well, Mike, I want to thank you again for coming out. I want to thank all of our listeners for putting up with us again for another episode. I know it's been, I don't know, 130-something-odd weeks, I think. I don't know. I'm losing track. Yeah, we want to thank you all for listening to our podcast, and we'll catch everybody again with a new episode next week, Wednesday. <laughs>